The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS. Brought to you by Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. Get yours at bigbarker.com slash Ricky. Mortgage CS. Become a Mortgage CS Ricky VIP at mortgagecs.com slash Ricky. Briggs Auction, the official auction of the process. And Stateside, Urban Craft Vodka, the official sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter with Zoe. Statesidevodka.com. On the show today, free agency is upon us in like two days. James Harden decides to opt out and take less, supposedly. We'll find out uh, soon, cementing his... his uh, cementing his place in Philadelphia lore, along with Cliff Lee. Um, uh, Michael Rubin, we haven't talked about that, is going to sell his stake in the Sixers. And the top story that I'm leaving for last is the headliner. The one and only D-Ball Paul, Paul Reed, out the mud and on to the Ricky. We will talk about his improving uh, vertical, his dog, and his uh, his clothing line, his out the mud clothing line. So I can't believe people Paul's going to be on the pod. I'm so psyched. Uh, before we get going, I did mention stateside vodka. It's the official drink of summer. That is the Surfside Tea and Vodka. Everybody loves it. People are going crazy over it. They did sell out of it for a while, but it is back in stock. It is delicious. It's the perfect summer drink. Just sweet enough. Hundred calories. Only hundred calories only three carbs and no carbonation whatsoever because iced tea does not have carbonation. So it's just iced tea and stateside vodka. Get it at statesidevodka.com, but you gotta be 21. Without any further ado, Amos and the chef. Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who took less money to make the team better. That is one, Mike Levin. Oh, I think that's absolutely what I've done. I mean, I've certainly took, I've taken less uh, life expectancy for this team. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's absolutely fair. So that's about the same. Yeah. So you haven't, you haven't been here in a while. We've been we're doing the pod. It's just yep. been happening. That the, one of the owners left to go yep. be a, I guess a, a tamperer, uh, a legal <laughs> tamperer, and there's yep. rumors. There was yep. not, not a draft pick. Yep. Catch, I, I, catch us up. Where, where do you feel? How do you feel about all of it? Uh, I w- I felt bad for you on the night of the draft. So. In retrospect, I was on vacation. And so, for some reason, I think it's because I always set vacation up 
right after the finals, just in case we need to do podcasts like a fucking idiot. And, uh, and it always ends up being be, the draft. You be meticulous about that. Make sure that <laughs> just the, the second, the last possible date of the final, we can never, cause it's been, you know, one time you're not going to do it. Yeah. It's going to, yeah. Yeah. So, so we, we went away to Maine. And so I usually have the, the draft during I use during the vacation and I usually do the podcast that night and I just decided not to do it to give my gift, the, my, my wife, the gift of me each night. But I did like look at Twitter as it was happening, did not watch the draft. And it was such a Sixers thing to take your guy and then trade him. Like, I know you're probably thrilled with the Anthony Melton. I think we all yeah. are, you know, they, one of my, like, one of my original, like, I guess not original, I've been doing this a long time, but one of my the mo, one of my most guy guys that I've yeah. loved in the draft for a long time. Yeah. So and we we'd even talked about it because Sixers Adam wrote about it. And I think I even said to you, hey, if they have to trade Danny Green and the 23 pick, I think that was the exact situation that we brought up. You said yes. And they did it. Yeah. It's just that it was your yeah. boat, you know. I know. It, it was it, your it boat. Turned, it turned in, it turned into a, a we became a David Roddy pod for for a couple of things there and for it to be that they they traded the pick so Memphis could go get David Roddy is, uh, you know, it's He's special. Grizzly, I think though. it's nice. He he went like fifteen twenty picks higher than most people had him. Um, I hope he kicks ass in Memphis. He's going to be. It's a very fun thing. So in in my mind, he'll always have been a Sixer. We can and he is a Grizzly. He seems like a Grizzly. Oh, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So. And, and, you know, for what it's worth, yeah, I haven't watched him a ton, watched, you know, a bunch of highlights and when they, you know, when I see him play, but it does seem like Anthony Mountain has, has a, a boat in his gut. You know, he seems like he's not like his defining characteristic isn't boat, but he seems like a tenacious player. So yeah, uh, the, the uh, thing I, that, he's going to be very helpful. He's just not the, he's not the, um, the, the, the shape. The sh- I think yes. You know, we got you the listener question that. saying, "Shouldn't it be a motorboat instead of a <laughs> instead of a dog yeah. to describe players that are, uh, I guess, fast and hungry and effortful?" Yeah. Um, and it's it sort of became. I initially was like, "I don't think that really works," and then I talked myself into it, and now it's just become the parlance of 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 how we talk about these guys. Um, but yeah, I think I think Roddy it's it's sort of guided towards like st- stocky sturdy boys. And yeah. I think Melton is not necessarily that, but he is no. definite nose for the ball, great great defensive player. The fact that he can also, you know, DeJounte Murray just got traded today and and the reason people like him with Trey Young is because he can defend his position and also like attack second side and and handle the ball when when Trey Young is not there, obviously Dejounte is a, a better all-around player than Melton is, but it's a similar idea with uh, with Melton. He's just going to be a really, really helpful player here. He's going to impact winning in a positive way. And, and when you can get a guy that's guaranteed to do that, that's as young as he is for two years on a fair deal uh, with the twenty-third pick and a and a Danny Green who we love, but is very hurt and very old. Um, it's a great trade. I thought it was, I thought it was a good trade. I think, you know, we'll, we'll get to what the hardened stuff means for today. The, and because it today does affect what I think of it because the, it was a, it was a good trade, but I, I sat back and I thought, I thought to myself, well, they went from one guy who can shoot threes and play defense as a wing 
last year to one guy who can shoot threes and play defense. And and obviously Melton is younger. I, I would argue he's not as good a, a three-point shooter as Danny Green, but the fact that it looks like they're going to be able to add a couple of players, even if they don't trade Harris, um, it, the fact that Harden's contract is going to allow them to do that, I think is is pretty meaningful, you know, uh, when you look at it in the uh, specter of that trade. So, um, but otherwise I'm, I'm good, man. Uh, do you want to start? I, I feel like we should start with the, the news from today and then we can get to the, the, uh, the Michael Rubin stuff. Is that Great. fair? Okay. So after a lot of yammering and stammering, James Harden decides not to opt in. He opts out. And we don't know the deal yet, though Bobby Marks suggested a four-year deal where the fourth year is a guaranteed $10 million to make up for the $10 million he opted out of. I think he said four years, $116 million or something like that, or I'll, I'll look it up what he said. Um, Brian Windhorst said in the neighborhood of mid-30s, so you know, 35 36 $37 million a year. It helps them in a couple of ways. We're not an official um, CBA podcast, but what I understand is this will allow them to use the full taxpayer mid-level exception, so that $10 million slot, and it'll allow them to use the biannual uh, exception, which is about a $4 million slot, and they can do those without hitting the the apron and 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 hard capping themselves. So, and they'll even have a little bit, depending on how much he signs for, they'll have a little bit of wiggle room underneath that number. So every time, every time someone says apron, I just think of, uh, Derek Bodner with like a little chef's apron on <laughs> the sort of tying it in the back ready to like dice some things up in the kitchen. Very complicated recipe, very long ingredients. It'll take about two hours for him to make, but it'll be pretty tasty when you get there. So I have a, obviously this is good for, Wow. This is good for the Sixers compared to what it could have been, I think. Yeah. You know, the fact that they can add two players without decimating their roster, you know, um, is is a good thing. I, I would, and I, I know I'm, I'm destined to be this guy at this point. I would like throw up the, hold on a second for the James Harden took less money uh, part of this in that, I, I think that's a very small way of looking at it. He took less money if you're only looking at next year, right? Like, yes, he took le- he could have opted in and gotten $47 million for next year, but then he would have been a free agent. And I, like, I don't know what his free agent prospects would be like after a, this year, or if you're him at his age, looking at the last couple of years, there's no buyer's form right now. So I think this is one of those things that worked out for both parties. I'm just glad they got there because I seriously do believe that he thought he was getting everything when he got here and the way he played sort of scared the Sixers out of it. And I'm glad they were able to work it out. I just, it doesn't feel like a, it doesn't feel as much like a, I'm doing this so we can win as, as it's being presented right now. Well, I think there's a real world where this was a, uh, a Kyrie type situation where both sides are kind of holding the other side hostage yeah. because they can't yep. agree on anything. Yep, I agree. And my big concern the whole time was having to pay this version of James Harden all of the money in all of the years. And yep. for it to not be that, and for it to be fewer years at a fewer annual value is, is great. 
I don't disagree that like if Harden could get all of it from anywhere and go where he wanted and was still like 29 years old, I don't, I don't disagree that he would have gone and done that. But I also think it's, it's nice that there's some awareness whether or not he wants to spin it as he winning is the most important thing. And I, I gotta say, I did love, uh, Shams saying like he's started his offseason yeah, workout yeah. regimen even earlier than normal, yeah. which I, which is great. It's, I don't care as long as it's not like a guy who's never shot, like pretend, like pretending he can do it and he's going to do it this year. And this is the year he's going to do it. Like I, I can, at least it's a nice little change of pace. At least it's a nice, it's a different kind of, it's a different se- sequence of words of like, maybe he'll get in shape. That's a different type of thing. Um, so I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to eat that up. That's catnip. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I just think it's, I just think it's great. Like there's a version where Harden opts in and goes like, well, I'll bet on myself. And it's like, yeah, maybe the Sixers, Bad um, <laughs> maybe the Sixers say like, okay. And then he becomes unrestricted free agent next year. And they try to like get cap space to sign somebody else. But this year it would have, they would have been slightly fucked if it was just opt in and, and Nobody else can, they can't really sign anybody else to, to bolster the yep. bench and everything. So ultimately this is a great result and I'm, well, we'll see what the final numbers are and everything, but yeah. it seems like it's going to be a great result. And, uh, the fact that they can not only get some help with the, uh, full mid-level, but also the biannual and they're not going to have to, I always thought that this was kind of crazy that they'd have to like trade a Thibble couple people like especially yeah. especially including Matisse like for nothing just to go into cap space at, so that they had enough enough money enough room to sign PJ Tucker or whatever I thought that would, was always kind of insane to that people were floating that as a real possibility it doesn't seem like something Daryl would do um, or any smart GM would do but uh, yeah it seems like they're going to be a a far deeper team than they were last year and we'll see what you know if a Tobias trade uh, indicates anything more than that but feeling good feeling good feeling optimistic one uh we'll get into what they'll do with the money and i have one final thought on the hardened trade right after we talk about you know we're talking about money and 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 salary caps and fucking cbas right up there with the the uh the confusing of all of that is mortgages mortgages are rough that's why you need mortgage cs that is the official mortgage broker of the Ricky. Mortgage CS stands for Mortgage Concierge Service. When you think of the word concierge, what do you think? You think, ah, somebody really right at your side, helping you every step of the way. And that's what Mortgage CS is. Go to mortgagecs.com slash Ricky right now. Mortgagecs.com slash Ricky. I challenge you to look at the website they set up just for our listeners, which is fantastic. What they are is a mortgage broker. They are not a mortgage lender. And the difference is mortgage lender is the one that's giving you the money. Mortgage broker goes and finds you the best deal. That's what they're supposed to do. That's what Mortgage CS does. Some mortgage brokers, like the ones you find when you Google them or whatever, are bullshit because they have special deals with some of these lenders and they send your email address out to everyone. But Mortgage CS does not do that. They're small, they're local, they know what they're doing, and their goal is to get you through the mortgage process with the best rate and knowing what you're doing. They're available whenever you want them. Right now, I challenge you, 267-391-7425. That is the cell phone number of the CEO, Ben. You can text him or call him right now, 267-391-7425. Because when you're going and buying a house, you could need a pre-qualification letter at any time. You could need advice at any time. They're going to be there when you need them. They're going to help you learn 
Um, they're going to teach you what APR is. They're going to teach you why the rate is not always the rate. And now as rates are going up, a great mortgage broker is the most important and they're the best. So many Ricky listeners have reached out so happy and uh, agreeing with everything we've said about Mortgage CS. Again, you call or text their CEO, Ben, whenever you want. That is uh, 267-391-7425 or go to mortgagecs.com slash Ricky, mortgagecs.com slash Ricky. This advertisement is not a commitment to lend or extend credit. Mortgage CS is an equal opportunity equal housing opportunity mortgage broker. All loans are subject to credit approval. Certain restrictions may apply. Company NMLS 1464766. Visit mortgagecs.com slash Ricky for more information. I should have given you that spot for when I wasn't in. Um, I, we did have it. You, you, you had Mortgage CS? I don't think so. No. no. You had Kasabi. We had Kasabi. Yeah. We had yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, I mean, um, it was in the house region. We called him, we, Seamus and I came up with uh, sickfuckrealtor.com. I don't know if you heard that. Oh, that's because great. He, I'm sure Adam was fucking thrilled. He loves it. He's a sick fuck like us. So sickfuckrealtor.com. Yeah. He, is, he is a sick fuck. Uh, I, 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 I think I need this season to start to wash the hardened taste out of my mouth from last year because everyone, I agree with you that this contract is a win and in no real world could they have just let him go for nothing. Yeah. But, I was so disheartened at the end of the year. Like I just couldn't even, I, I can't even stomach the idea of watching him play right now. Well, and I don't I, think it's unreasonable to, to, feel, to, to feel that. And I think as we get further removed from it, whether that's the, the start of next season or whatever, it's just the kind of thing that where you go like, well, how can they better support that and boost his, how he's helpful on the court and mitigate his shortcomings? Mm-hmm. And part of that is on him, obviously, of just like getting in better shape and being back to the guy that he was like two years ago, having like somewhat of a first step and taking better shots and all that shit and having, you know, but also you can have better guys around him that are cutting that also like he's not the only guy that is capable of dribbling on the court for a large stretches of time. It's it's more helpful. But I uh, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> it sucked. The it end of the horrible. year sucked. I was I was being I, I was really staking putting my flag in the ground of like the regular season is bullshit and no one should ever have cared about it. And I'm dumb for ever caring about it at all. And I'm graduating from that. And then the playoffs were aside from one game, really it was uh, worse, more of the same, <laughs> yeah. more of the same. So, um, but Harden and Embiid is a pick and roll unit. We're still one of the most effective in the league. I'd like to see that, you know, improve in time, you know, Harden and Harden with guys that are like actually running the floor, not just Maxi. Um, would be nice. Cutters, a little more of a creativity on offense from Doc. Let's maybe op- crack open that old playbook, Doc. Get the cobwebs out of there. Have a little practice. Get some legs moving around. Practice. Uh, that'd be interesting. Wow. Uh, then so, I, I do feel like Zach Lowe made the point on the podcast today. Um, it's just like they, they're still... The Nets are imploding right now, right? They're, it is chaos over there. Who knows what's going to happen, whatever. Um, Ben Simmons is the most normal guy on the team at this point. Uh, Patty Mills opted all the way the fuck out, uh, of that deal. Um, and if Harden was an inch or sorry, if Durant's foot was an inch back against Milwaukee, then they probably would have won the championship at that, that year. And this, well, I don't know about that. Harden was still hurt that year. I know, but they would have beaten Atlanta almost certainly. Yeah. And then. And then Phoenix, maybe. It's at least a yeah. toss-up, I think. So Sure. Um, and then maybe that time, 
if they beat Atlanta in like five or six, they would have had maybe more time to recover sure. and stuff. Who knows? But um, two years later, he's still not recovered. <laughs> true, but who knows? I mean, it's just yeah, one of those things. Yeah. So like, yeah. bad shit happens, and then the consequences of that bad shit goes on. But like, I'm I'm like more than ever extremely like cognizant of how close things are to happening or not happening until they happen. And the Bucks were in such a shitty place before they won their championship. Like, and 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 yet they were, you know, an inch away from not from not winning it. Um, but anyway. I'm I'm deciding it was a bad season for a lot of it and then it got good for a little bit and then it got bad again. Um and now and it's been in a dark place. But they got the Anthony Melton, one of my guys. They got Harden on a decent deal, presumably, and beat hopefully healthy offseason. Um at least his back and bottom half. And uh and I'm just gonna fucking walk into the fire and be optimistic again. Feeling so before, good. <laughs> Before we go into, you know, I gotta, uh, you know, I gotta play this call. Then I was gonna, b- before I play this call, the PJ they can't really give PJ Tucker three years, can they? It can't be a real three year deal. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't love it. We've talked about it a little bit, but okay. he's been very good. He's been the exact kind of player he's been for a long time. He, I love him. I love him. He's 100%. a total Mike kind of player, but he's just fucking old. And and having that guy at thirty at, at thirty seven, thirty eight, thirty nine, um, absorbing as much like contact and physicality as he does, like you got to figure it's going to go wrong at some point. But he's as a corner three guy, very much Danny Green. He's a better ball handler than Danny Green. At least he's got a little floater that does go in, as opposed to Danny's that uh, goes over the backboard. Um, he would be helpful, but I am scared about the years. But you know. It's it's such a reasonable contract where, in a year or two, and they need to trade it. If it does, if it is what happens, like it's not that hard to like combine salaries and throw in a pick and get him somebody else. At least he's like a veteran that people seem to like being around, kind of deal. I I do love him. I remember tweeting during the the playoffs if they had PJ Tucker, they would have had three championships by now. And for uh, sure, PJ Tucker. Yeah. It's a long list of guys that had they yeah. simply had these role players or even barely <laughs> rotation players, Kelly Olynyk. Any any of those guys would have been a, it would have been a championship already. And I also don't mind the fact that this is like straight up down the middle uh telegraph and bead pandering and bead asked for guys like pj tucker and if daryl is going out there whether he actually get gets him or not but is like making efforts to get him and make it seem like he wants to get him and bead feels like he's okay this is my team i can say go get that guy and they go get that guy so i i, I don't mind that at all so your positive mic thing made me <laughs> Maybe think of this voicemail we got. You can leave us a voicemail at 833 Lickface. 833 Lickface. We got this one. <laughs> Hold on. Here we go. Hey, guys. Steve from Clayton. Mike just brought up Charlie Brown Jr., and it made me want to explode. Every time he brings up Charlie Brown Jr., he increases his ceiling. By next week, he's going to be a two time All Star. Does anybody <laughs> get more things wrong than Mike Levin, the biggest Sixers homer of all time? I mean, Zaire Smith is going to be the next PJ Tucker. A week later, the guy's out of the league. Ben Simmons, no, he's getting better on offense. He improved his free throw percentage by .001%. No, Matisse Thibel, no, he's 38 years old. I can see him getting better on offense right before the guy played himself out of the playoffs. Of course, he's going to get $15 million. Jaden Springer, he's probably going to bring us Giannis in a trade. Don't let Mike live in near a microphone and stop bringing up Charlie Brown Jr. <laughs> Solid. The accent helped that a lot, for sure. Big time. I'm just waiting for a voicemail like that about me, but the fact that we got one about you quicker sure. was... Uh, Fair. Um, some other Sixers news and notes. Matt Moore, uh, tweeting Matt Moore, uh, mentioned that 
Sacramento may be a landing spot for Tobias Harris. Jake Fisher mentioned that Portland and Dallas could be interested in Matisse Thibel. Um, the, the Tobias Sacramento thing feels real. Yeah, I mean, I I don't Tobias and PJ Tucker is not like something you want to do. I don't think you, you want Tobias playing four as much as you can, and PJ Tucker playing four. I, I wouldn't play that. I wouldn't. That wouldn't to be me, my it goal. I mean, you know, I'm not a position guy. I doesn't. It's going to be based on matchups and stuff. It's Tobias has proved that he can cover threes and fours. There's the the. I don't think it's as uh, binary as that. And PJ can cover plenty of guys like that are all sorts of different shapes and sizes and lengths and widths, et cetera. Um, but I think, you know, I was thinking today about a Tobias Sacramento trade, which probably would mean uh, Harrison Barnes and um, Justin Holiday coming here, uh, which would be cool in a bunch of ways. But then I, the concern about that is um, P.J. Tucker and Harrison Barnes both being pretty... Oh, they're like the same still? thing-ish. Yeah, I yeah, mean, like a little bit of standing like, in the corner. Yeah, stand stillish. I mean, Harrison Barnes has some creational ability, and he can you can go in the post a little bit. You don't like you're not dying for him to do it, but he can punish and mismatch and stuff. Tobias is more equipped to run the occasional pick and roll, the occasional like get you a bucket type thing. Probably a maybe a better all around player, but definitely Harrison Barnes a better fit for what they need him to do. But uh, and Justin Holiday would be super helpful for sure off the bench, but. I'm not sure. I think uh, I think I don't t- think P- I don't think PJ and Tobias would be a horrible fit. If if Tobias really wants to go somewhere else um, and wants a bigger role, I get it. I don't think that he's going to be the kind of guy, seemingly to like play angry and be upset and not. If the trade doesn't happen, then he would you know act out in a certain way. But um, I would I definitely would not mind having Tobias here. I have no interest in paying a premium to get off of Tobias to then have to go turn around and be like, well, we have to go replace his production. And we just paid like, you know, a bunch of, a couple of picks or a, a protected first or something to get out from under him. Like, I'm just not interested in that at all. I, I just, that's a waste. I just of don't passive. think he's, I just don't think he's hard to replace. And I think he like, he, he's got regular season defense, man. And, and you say you he was guard good in the th- playoffs though, defensively. I mean, he's not good as for, if he's your best defender, obviously, but he was like, actively helpful in the Toronto series and then for large parts of the of the Miami series against Jimmy. He he didn't like not his calling card for sure, but had, had made himself into a better defensive player. Should never be someone's best wing option on defense and and it's Matisse's fault that he wasn't that he had to be that. But and by um, the way, he doesn't want to be here if from all Yeah. It seems oh, like if, know, he, if, that, he, if, the if there's too. if there's real push behind like just get him out of there then then move then I think the Sacramento stuff is real and I think it wouldn't be bad to to ha- replace Tobias with two piece two depth pieces I had it with and I was texting with Sixers Adam today about like a uh, a possible like three team situation where Rashawn goes to Charlotte and then Mason Plumley would come here and so then. That's another contract is nine million that you could then at the deadline move in a certain way and Justin Holiday, same thing. Just breaking Tobias's massive contract up into three like expiring pieces, even though those pieces would be helpful for some of the year. Um, I think would be just big as as far as Daryl being like, We're not the the team we are at the beginning of the year doesn't have to be the team we are at the end of the year. And so it Man. gives them a lot more flexibility. And I I think it w- would be 
those those guys would be super helpful. Justin Holiday would be former sixer. Justin Holiday, by the way, um, would be uh, one of the best two way bench players they've had in a long time. Sacramento is man. If Tobias Harris was ever meant to be on any team, it's the fucking Sacramento Kings. He is bound to be on the Kings at some point. I warmed towards Tobias in the playoffs. I appreciate what he did. He, he mm. sacrificed. He took a he took a hit. He, he didn't complain publicly. He wasn't. He was never the problem on on this team. Paying him Stinks. too much money was definitely a problem, and that and they shouldn't have made the trade initially. But as a as a teammate, as a person, and on the court, he I I I have a lot of respect for Tobias, and I appreciate him more than I did when I was uh, accusing him of having long COVID. We think he's a good guy because he carries books around. What the fuck are we talking about? We don't even know if he's a good guy. Yeah, we know he's a good guy. There's enough stories about a person being a good guy, good teammate, good mm. mentor type, helpful. All I that guess. shit matters. Carries you, you've seen how much like various teams are like molting down on each other and having like a, a decent teammate to like stabilize everything like Tobias. It, it, it matters. Hmm. Uh, we'll get to the other NBA moves in a second. Uh, I want to tell you about Briggs Auction, another Ricky sponsor. They're on a bit of a break right now. Briggs Auction is a family-owned and operated auction house in Delco. They, When I say auction house, you're like, well, what do they have? They have everything. The thing that attracted me to it the most was it's really hard to get furniture right now if you're going to buy new furniture because of supply chain stuff. You have to wait for months. Briggs Auction has such... they. They have these auctions basically every other week, estate auctions, uh, discovery auctions with all kinds of stuff. The, the furniture that you're going to find there, first of all, you're not going to find anywhere else. Second of all, it's ready right away. And it's not just furniture. It is collectibles. There's been, we, there was an amazing sports collectibles auction last week, old cool books, uh, music equipment. They have a couple of auctions coming up in July with cars. I saw a portion there. It is, once you get lost in the Briggs Auction app, looking at the auctions, you will never stop. Monthly, find estates auctions, um, 500 lots in auction. Go to briggsauction.com slash Ricky. Sign up for the bi-weekly Ricky giveaway and go through the auctions. I think the next one is in two weeks. Uh, they're on a bit of a break right now for a week. And then in two weeks, there will be another auction up. Briggsauction.com slash Ricky. Go there um, or download the app. It is in the App Store or the Google Play Store. Pickup is super easy. Do it on Saturdays. They have open pickup or by appointment. And if you want them to ship it to you, they can. They have shippers they work with all the time. They can ship you this stuff. Man, I have still yet to win a fucking Briggs auction auction, and it is becoming a real problem for me. So when the new one goes up, I wanna I wanna find something in there. And and by the way. It's not, everything's not super expensive. Lots start at a dollar. Um, I've th- seen things go for thousands of dollars. And I do want to know, there was an autographed Ben Simmons basketball in the sports collectibles one that went for 80 bucks. And I need to know if a Ricky listener got it. I absolutely need to know. Again, briggsauction.com slash Ricky. And if you have a, an estate, you want to downsize something you need to sell, they can do it for you. Info at briggsauction.com is the email address. Briggsauction.com slash Ricky. A um, couple of other moves. Denver trades Will Barton and uh, Monty Morris for KCP and Ish Smith. An interesting trade all around. I think it is a, though I love Will Barton um, and uh, Monty Morris is a good player. KCP is a pretty awesome fit for their starting lineup, I think. Um, I think that's a good trade for Denver. Yeah, makes sense for both teams. Uh, Washington probably got the better players generally, but... Denver's fit with uh, KCP makes the most sense and good for Ish Smith playing for his 13th team ever. The That's a record. Most teams anyone's ever played for. 
Amazing. That's very wild. And you could be seen as a negative, but I think it's 13 teams that want you. Good for Ish. Absolutely. Still and he, for, for, for like 10 games, he was the best point guard we had ever seen. And then you had mentioned the DeJounte Murray trade. Uh, San Antonio trades DeJounte Murray to the Hawks for Gallo. Th- was it three firsts and two swaps? Uh, All unprotected, I think. One or two swaps. I think it was, I think it was, yeah, one or two. I don't know. He is a good fit for Atlanta, but he is not as good as his. I, I remember you saying this to me once. You, I, I don't think you were saying he was MCW, but you were like, ah, there's a little MCW stuff going on. And then I actually watched him and I was like, ah, this guy's not super impressive on his own. And I think him with Trey Young is a good fit, you know, but. He has three fucking first round picks and a swap is a lot for DeJounte Murray. That's a lot. It is. It's, I think it's a trade that makes sense for both teams. I think um, he's obviously better than MCW in a bunch of ways. He's improved. Uh, his defense is way better. Um, and I think he's just a really like big physical guard that can beat you off the dribble. And to not have to do... He's also a really good passer. And to not have to do all of the creation um and be the second guy to trey young who's obviously really good at all that stuff i think is really helpful atlanta kind of died anytime trey wasn't on the court so having like a legitimate point guard when he's not there is is huge um but i think that also makes sense for san antonio in the sense that they he's not the guy that they're going to build Mm -hmm. a contender around in Dejounte murray and they can trade him be bad next year and have a chance at one of the best draft classes in recent memory um but yeah it's a lot it's a lot for Dejounte murray so i like for the Hawks, if it works, then those picks are probably going to be bad during sure. Trey Young's prime. They're going to be in the 20s and stuff. If it doesn't work, then um, then the Spurs were both right to you know kind of give up on DeJounte Murray before, while his value is still high. And also they get uh, better picks for it and a better chance at, at higher lottery stuff. So it makes sense for both teams. But yeah, I mean, the, these both the NBA is going to be good next year. A lot of guys coming back healthy. Teams kind of like stocking up and... Uh, a bunch of teams will. I think the I think the the middle will be small next year because of how good a twenty twenty three draft is. I think a lot of teams will decide. Let's if the bottom falls out, let's let it really fall out because we could have a chance at Wembyana, who seems like it's just he doesn't seem real as a human being. Does Deshante Murray have like Eric Bledsoe vibes a little bit, like big Eric Bledsoe? Maybe. I mean, I can see it a little bit. I think he's never really played he's been like the number one guy it'd be interesting to see like how he impacts winning when he's not doesn't have the ball in his hands the, ball the entire time. time yeah um but I, I i think he's a guy that like really gives a fuck and eric bledsoe has kind of never yeah. seemed like that sure um and just a guy that plays hard is athletic is long can beat guys off the dribble can defend his ass off one-on-one i think all that shit matters and i think it's it's i think atlanta's gonna be there's still like one more move to make to get like the john collins bogdanovich situation sorted out but I think Trey, DeJounte, DeAndre Hunter, Herder, and whichever center, whether it's Capella or Okongwu that they decide to roll with, that's a really good place to start from, and they're going to be good. And Bradley Beal opted out, but everybody here got excited. I, I think that I think he's just going to sign a five-year max there. I every think week and a half saying, for the rest of my life, it's going to be Bradley Beal saying he wants to stay in Washington. <laughs> just every 10 days... It's clock sets. Oh, Bradley Beal leaks to uh, hoopscentralillinois.com that he wants to stay in Washington and, and to 
mancave.net that he loves. He wants to see it through in Washington <laughs> over and over again to wherever, to any place. Man He'll talk to fucking anybody net. at all and tell him how bad he wants to stay in Washington. Cool. Great. We get it. Sign the fucking thing. I don't care. Go win 39 games the rest of your career. Mancave.net. <laughs> uh, the one thing we didn't talk about was Michael Rubin selling his stake in the Sixers uh, because of his other businesses <laughs> and the fact that he wants to buy another fucking team and all these other things. He had to sell his stake in, and Fanatics is going to become a gambling company as well. He's been working on that as well. He had to- Which is weird, right? They sell t-shirts. Why Why are t-shirts so close to gambling? Because there's money there. No, I know, there's, but it's, yeah. that's not the product. We could start being a gambling company. Well, I, I think- <laughs> I, I don't want to get too deep into this, but one of the reasons that certain, one of the reasons that DraftKings was able to have the lead in terms of like sports betting is because they had this infrastructure that was built already with this huge mailing list of people who were interested in sports who did fantasy. Mm-hmm. I think having that asset with Fanatics also gives him a giant, like gives him a, a framework in which he can, get his gambling into that stuff. And what he does is he just builds businesses and makes money. That's what he fucking does. So a little um, magic Johnson-y as I'm hearing it, you think as far as was an owner of the team was doing a bunch of cool shit and then left so he could, but he's, he's, like always, he, he's a, he was a minority owner. Like, so yeah, yeah, yeah. He, no, he no, owned no. A, I'm not saying he, full magic. Yeah. It was, he didn't yeah. leave a GM job, but, uh, but the idea of like he finally can like be constrained, the shackles are off of of Magic and Michael Rubin. <laughs> now they're going to be full fully tweeting like, "Love you, bro," <laughs> to whoever they want. He, uh, I was told he bought a good portion of David Heller's share when Heller sold um, Heller Shadow GM at one point, so he had more than he had at one point. Look. He has a really good relationship with Embiid, and I think Embiid tweeted is, about it, which is yeah. a little surprising. He doesn't. He didn't. There's a lot of people that have left the organization that Embiid has not, has not tweeted about. Yeah, they are they are close, um, and I think it was Ruben was involved in when Embiid committed all that money to the uh, the Sixers workers at one point. I think Ruben was pretty involved in that whole thing too. So I think I think that's good. I I don't think. I don't think his first concern is making the Sixers good. Like I don't, but I do think having, you know, he is a connected guy that people like and having him on your side, if he still is. So I, I really got the sense that Harrison Blitzer found Ruben annoying at one point. I don't know if that's still the case, but, um, I don't know. It was a nice goodbye letter. Goodbye, Michael. He definitely likes the attention. As a guy he that does. likes to be, he wants to be like Sixers Drake. He wants to be like, I'm the guy that connects people. There's obviously so many of those kinds of guys in my business, just like dying to be like the middleman between two cooler, talented people. Uh, he does seem to be a very, everyone, because I know plenty of people who know him. I like enough people to, who know him. He seems to be a genuinely good person. Great. I don't. I don't hear any bad stories about Michael Rubin. I hear bad stories about fucking everybody. So that's great. Let him he, slide he down water slides. Have a good time. Sell money online. Whatever he's doing. <laughs> gambled shit. That's great. And if he can, if he can tamper and give uh, James Harden the biggest fanatics deal of all time, and everybody's got the, the most beard shirts of, in the world, I'm fine with it. Tamper the fuck out of it. Who gives a shit? The rules are all fake anyway. Laws are fake. Nothing's real. Let's just win a championship and figure the rest out later. Before we get to B-Ball Paul, 
the hard to stomach YouTube comment of the week uh, comes from Emerson. It is about the uh, draft episode. An episode without Spike, what a blessing. So there we go. That evens out the uh, <laughs> the, uh, the you angry love, You love draft night, though. Wait, we actually did start before the draft ended, which is a real shot to you. Oh, That's that is. What an I insult. Know. <laughs> I know. All good. There he is. Lighting good and everything? Yeah. Good enough. We can see who it is. He's famous enough. He's got a very noticeable shape. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows with this. What's up, Paul? So I'm Spike, and that's Mike. What's up, man? What's up, Spike and Mike? Uh, so you're like, you have become a legend very quick. Man, do, you f- do you feel that with fans? I feel the energy, yeah. I, I think when we heard your name was B-Ball, like <laughs> when you first got here and uh, found out that your name was B-Ball Paul, you immediately became a favorite. Um, for someone's nickname to be the thing that they do is uh, is like if I was podcast Spike, but Paul rhymes with B-Ball. So it was a big win right from the beginning. Yeah, see that? I guess I had that name for a long time though, so. I mean, yeah. I mean, in some in some ways, you've transcended the sport. You've become the sport. <laughs> you've taken the sport as your own name, which I think, which I think, kicks ass. Um, I want to start with my questions with the thing that you tweeted about today because I'm very excited about it. I had a que- I, I had written up some questions, and then you tweeted my, the answer to my question um, because you said that you went your vertical has gone up from 28 inches to 34 inches already. And you're not done there. You're not going to stop. You're going. You're going. You're heading towards fifty, which is a good path. That's six inches up. I love it. Talk to me about the routine. What are you doing to improve your vertical, and and why did you feel like it wasn't good enough? Uh, uh, so my routine. I mean, I just be incorporating vertimax exercises into my 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 workouts. Then also do like a lot of power stuff, mm-hmm. back squats, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm trying to trying to use that. Also in the Atlanta workout with the strength dude out there, he definitely helped me a lot on my journey. So I'm just gonna keep working. Uh, 28. That's like the league average. Okay. So. I am I'm not average, so you know I'm trying to be above average. <laughs> no, man, we got to get up, get that up to get that up to forty. Start jumping out the gym. Nothing right. Look at all the greats, man. All of them had at least forty plus verticals, so I know I got to work. I got to work harder. Um. So what else? What else is on the docket to work on this off season? Like which which specific skills? I know everybody tries to work on one or two things besides the vertical. What else are you working on? Shot curation. And um, ball handling, being able to be a better playmaker out there on the court for my teammates. So, you know, kind of IQ stuff, situation and stuff, you know. And then, like, within my role, you know, I really just got to get stronger, bigger. You know, I'm trying to gain weight. That's one of the big things. I hired a private chef this offseason. I love that. Yeah, so, you know, I can go down there and bang with the biggest. 
the that's uh, good. A private chef sounds like the one of the coolest things that you could that you could do once you once you get to the league. It seems like someone's making me like I don't have to worry about like fuck. I gotta get a salad today or something. Somebody's like making that choice for me and they got it covered. And that seems like a very nice flex. Yeah, it is. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> that's good that's good do you, do you get a menu every day how does like how does that i don't even know how it works or do you just say do they does chef just know what you like and just have you covered i don't even know how it works a lot of times she just make like random foods but I also send her a list of all the foods that i like and like grow eating and like different meal options so you know that's good that's fair <laughs> i want to um i want i want to know like because for the whole season, we and Sixers fans were calling for you to get more minutes. All season long, play B-ball Paul, play B-ball Paul, play B-ball Paul. Because we had seen what it's, Joel's obviously such a special player, especially thinking about him on the defensive end. He's such a unique player to, to impact shots at the rim that much in the drop coverage as much as he does. And we've seen year after year of the Sixers in the playoffs with Joel behind him, the guys coming in and just like trying to do a Joel impression, but not having the ability to do it. And so for a long time, it was like, well, let's try to get somebody who does, who can protect the rim, but also do other stuff and try to play like maybe a switch cover, some, something that like looks different to throw different looks at those guys. And then the Sixers draft you and you're immediately like, that's the guy that you should, that you can be. And then for all season, you didn't play that much. You played in the G League, you played well, you came in, you had a good run a little bit earlier in the season, but then you don't play for a while. And then all of a sudden, in the playoffs, here you are being the regular backup center. What was that like during the regular season when you weren't playing? And then in the playoffs, when you came in and was like, I'm, now I'm really, it, everything's on me right now. Uh, it, was, it was cool. It was a cool experience. Um, I was able to learn a lot about what I needed to do. I feel like during that time, my vision got clearer, like on exactly what I needed to uh, work on in order to be a champion. Um, so it was a good experience, a great experience. Now I feel like I know exactly what I need to do to help the team win a championship. One of the things that, uh, that, was noticeable when you're in the game is the energy that you brought. But it, it seems like with that energy, there's good stuff, right? Like offensive rebounds and defense, but then you would get yourself into trouble fouling. How, you know, how do you go about harnessing all of that good energy and keeping it focused? How, how do you do that? Uh, like I said, I had to learn. Uh, I'm still learning uh, how to, control all this energy I got on the court. You know, <laughs> you gotta be smart, cognizant of, of what I'm doing out there. Um, especially with the fouls. Especially with the fouls. That was the big, biggest problem. Your your dog Draco looks like he's like the dog he's looks like he's got a lot of energy too. He he tears stuff up. His first name King, his last name Draco. And yet he he definitely got more energy than I do. <laughs> <laughs> Where did he, he look, you look like you love him. Where did he come from? Like, is he your first dog? Yeah, that's my first dog ever. Never had a dog before. That's my son for 
<laughs> I raised us since he was like six weeks old. And yeah, I do love Speaking of dogs, we take a break because we actually sent B-Ball Paul's dog a big barker. Well, big barker sent a big barker. We don't have like a, a whole fucking wall of them. Uh, and there's a picture on uh, B-Ball Paul's dog's uh, Instagram with the big barker. King so. Draco sleeping in style, lounging. <laughs> Comfortably. Yep. Uh, Big Barker is the official dog bed of the Ricky. My, uh, my dog, uh, God bless Rebel, um, actually had to have a little minor surgery this week. And he's not allowed to climb upstairs. So I had to go up to, we all slept in the living room last night because he can't be without us. But I went up to the bedroom and got his big barker and brought it down the steps. He has to sleep on his big barker. You know, there are a lot of dog beds out there and a lot of them look very comfortable, but there's only one. It is the big barker that actually supports your dog's joints. There's only one that actually, and it's been proven by PenVet, actually helps your dog's health. And that is big barker. It does that by being the only real dog bed on the market. They, They engineered it so it supports your dog's joints. Joint support support is very important. You know the difference. If you sleep on some shitty bed in an Airbnb or your nice bed at home, you feel different, right? Your your joints don't feel as creaky. And that adds up over and over and over again. If you get your dog a bad bed, those creaky joints, the older your dog gets, the worse it's going to be. Dogs develop arthritis just like you and I do. Me specifically because I'm older. That's why you need a big barker. Go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky. Bigbarker.com slash Ricky. You go there, you get the big Barker dog bed, comes in all sizes. It's great for big dogs, but they even have the Barker Jr. for small dogs too. Sometimes with a headrest, they come with all different sizes. And then when you get the big Barker, you send us a picture of your dog on the big Barker. We put them in the process pup gallery. That's bigbarker.com slash Ricky. 10-year warranty. The foam doesn't flatten or they replace it for free. One year at home trial. If you don't like it, if your dog doesn't like it, they'll give you full refund and pay for the shipping. Handmade in the USA. Big Barker dog beds. Should have asked Paul to bark for us. Didn't do uh, it. Would have been great. You didn't ask him to jump either. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't the right angle. You're right. I want to see the vertical. Anyway, back to Paul. Back to Paul. Have, we, has your dog and Maxie's dog ever hung out together? <laughs> no, no, they ain't hung out yet, but I'm pretty sure one day. Yeah, we need like a play date. We need like yeah. a <laughs> team, team dog bonding situation. Spike, Spike mentioned your energy on the court, but that also translates into like defensively, like so many steals and blocks, which is like high numbers of deflections, especially for a, for a guy playing the five primarily. How do you balance like having such a nose for the ball, which you do with like and taking risks to go get those balls, but also like staying home as a center and protecting the rim? How do you think about that on the court? Uh, is when I see that ball, I see the opportunity to get it, you know. I'm going after it over that thing. Uh, so, I don't know. It's hard to balance that. You just got to yeah. make sure you still, you know. Or, it, you know, if you, ain't gonna, if you know you're not going to get it, just it makes you drop back. But, like, a lot of times in the pick and roll, that's when uh, I kind of mess up for real because – you know, I jump, try to block the shot, and then be out of position for the rebound. So. And those are the kind of things that the coaches are like are on you about trying to get those, trying to balance those things about like really staying in position on those things, even and only going after those balls when you feel like you really can get it. 
uh, something like that. I mean, that's just yeah. something I uh, really was learned learned from watching like Joel mm-hmm. uh, and seeing the difference between when I'm on the court and when you're on the court and how to control like the more control of the glass. The most of your minutes were at uh, center, but you did get to play a little bit, like a tiny little bit of power forward. Do you think you can play next year? Do you think you could play more minutes with Joe? Yeah. Heck yeah. I mean, they started me this year against Chicago Bulls at like small forward one game. The guard, the mm-hmm. Rosen. And we actually won that game. So I think like I'm very versatile out there. That you could put me in there pretty much anywhere. And I, so I, I can see us playing on the court together. So. Is it nice? I mean, it's got to be. I see you smiling as you think about playing like the four sometimes. Is it nice to have like Joel back there and be like, all right, he's got it. I'm just going to like go fucking for everything on the perimeter when he's back there? Yeah. I mean, it's cool. We, we played we play in playoffs together a little bit. Yeah. But it wasn't a lot. Yeah, that's cool. Um, uh, no, guys, Mike. What was it like? You know, uh, Harden got there, you know, uh, three quarters of the way through the year. What was it like playing with him? What did he add to, you know, the the team and, and when you were on the court? Oh, he was just an instant playmaker out there. Uh, always making plays. Uh, always making plays. Um, step back threes, you know, that's hard to guard. He mastered that shot. Uh, he made some big ones. Also, just dropping, dropping off down, especially to me in the playoffs. You, so yeah, yeah, it was, it was good. I like playing with. Who is your? Uh, would you say is your best friend on the team? My best friend. Yeah. Best friend. Uh, that's a good question. I don't, I don't know. Because there was a, a rich, an article in The Athletic a few years ago that Rich Hoffman wrote where he said, it was, it was your rookie year, Mike Scott hooked you up with a barber, Dwight Howard took you shopping, Danny was always in your ear, and Tobias apparently bought you some books and gave you some financial advice. <laughs> Did you read those books that Tobias forced upon you? And if the answer is no, you, that's, that's cool. That's cool with me. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to him though. I tried to read it. I ain't read the whole thing, but yeah, I'm, I'm gonna double back. <laughs> Look, we're we're adults here, man. You can't be yeah. giving other adults homework to do. Like, come yeah. on, we're past that. <laughs> like, okay. I like to read though, so like, I like to read a lot. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna definitely get to it one day. I think Tobias just carries the books around to look smart anyway. I, what? A, come on, who's got time to read? I don't have time to read. Um, what was it like playing for Doc? I like playing for Doc. I got a lot of respect for Doc uh, and his decisions. I feel like he do what it, what it, what it, what he thinks it takes uh, to win. And you know, his resume speaks for itself. I like playing for Doc. He's a Hall of Fame coach. Is it is it strange like to to be in a position that you were last year, which was like sometimes on the court, sometimes not, have DeAndre Jordan play over you sometimes? And want the team to do well, want him to do well, but also want yourself to like, well, put me, like I can do a better job or I want the opportunity kind of thing. How do you, is that, 
is that hard to like feel on the bench sometimes or are you just not focused on that? Uh, I'm not focused on that. You know, I know myself, I know my development. I know where I was at this season. And uh, I know where, where, you know, my relationship with Doc, I know he ain't really like feel comfortable putting me out there. And, you know, I understood. Uh, I had to develop and learn like exactly what he wanted me to do. And once I kind of put it together, he started playing me more. So, um, I wasn't like mad or anything, you know. Like water, you gotta just flow and keep grinding and keep getting better. Uh, it's the biggest thing in the NBA is to have a positive attitude, and you know, that's it for real. That's all I was trying to focus on. And so we got like mad for gone, you. I like, so. like they've gone out the mud, and now you're being like water. We've gone from mud to water. I think that's a nice <laughs> improvement. That's a nice step forward. I like the the gear. So there's the out the mud, there's like two t-shirts and we actually had one of our listeners buy the button down shirt and the shorts and send them to us. So we got those. It must, it must be cool to like see your face on t-shirts and stuff, you know, that must be exciting. It is is cool. Definitely exciting. Um, I got some more, some more gear up in the drop on y'all. Oh yeah? Yeah. Always working. That's taking <laughs> Tobias financial advice. You got to do it. You got to do it. Uh, do you ever think about, because one of the, you're, you're a very like unique player on the court to just watch move around the court. It's, it's always, it's always effective, but you always seem a little bit like you're on the verge of falling down because you're so <laughs> like the, the like constant, there's so many arms, you're long, you got long legs. You're always like reaching for stuff. Do you ever like, it seems like the those kinds of players, I think Pascal Siakam is like this a little bit too, where you're just sort of a little bit offbeat from everyone else. Do you, do you can you sense that at all? Like that you're just like on a dip playing like a little bit of a different tempo than other guys? No, nah, I, I don't know. I know I'll be having more energy to do. I'll be that to might be it. it. That so, might be it. Yeah, you're, go, you're going at a different speed. You're at 11 and everybody else is at nine. That That's might be what, it. Um, I, one of the coolest things I think, well, I think one of the coolest things to be in the NBA is the opportunity to see all the different places in the country. Like when I don't get to travel that much, but when I do, I remember the first time I went to Portland, I was like, Oh wow, this place is cool. Were there any places that stuck out to you in your first couple of years that you really liked being that you had never been to before? Phoenix, Phoenix is cool. LA. I ain't never been to LA. LA was a vibe. So, and we stayed out there for like five days. Mm. That's nice, man. Phoenix, son. And Phoenix seems boring, though. Phoenix isn't boring. Phoenix. Phoenix is boring for sure. Ain't that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what is, uh, so you were, you dominated the G League, G League MVP. What is what is the difference, obviously, aside from skill? Like, how is it hard to go from, like, I'm the guy, I'm the dude in the G League, to, like, I'm playing 10 minutes ten minutes a night in the playoffs? Like, how's that mentally? How do you got to think about that? I mean... Wait, say that again? Ask the question one more time. You're the... Well, because you were the MVP of the G League. You guys went to the G League, G League Championship, dominated... But 
in the NBA, you're not getting those opportunities to have the ball all the time. You're just coming in for smaller amounts of time, like, you know, only 10 minutes a game or whatever it is. How is that? How do you have to think, like, change your mindset thinking about those kinds of things? And I feel like I'm supposed to dominate G League, though. Like, I'm supposed to do that. So I ain't really, you know, I can't go, in, go into the NBA with that same mindset like I'm in the G League. So uh, my thing is just helping the team win. Uh, doing whatever I can. Coach don't want me to shoot. I ain't got to shoot. You know, I go out there, get rebounds, and set screens. So, but, you know, the ball going to find energy. That's what one of my coaches always tell me. So, we go out there and play with a lot of energy. What do you think of Philadelphia fans? Got the best fans in the country. Yeah? You really think that? Or you just know that we like hearing it? <laughs> uh, most passionate fans in the country for sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, I ain't played for nobody else, so but I'm just getting that energy from Philly fans. Who's the uh, funniest teammate you've had? Funniest teammate might be the white. Oh, really? Yeah, it's hard. That's He's nice. a guy that, like, when you're watching, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell what he's like like to his teammates, right? Like, was he was he a guy that that like everyone thought was funny? That like that he was pretty funny too. Okay. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he yeah he's had me dying on the bed sometimes. <laughs> and who who would you say eats the most? Oh, that's a good question. Man, I think we all know who eat the most on our team. <laughs> really? No <laughs> cup. Joe probably eat the most. That's good, man. <laughs> He's a, a big dude. To, got a lot yeah. of body to fill out. Yeah. What uh <laughs> you had a a great there was a couple great games that you had in, in there, and then there was one moment, even in a good game, that you then missed the fast break dunk. And I'm sure you got a lot of shit for it. But like, do you what do you think about that? Were you just like furious at yourself or were you just more laughing about it? Because it's just like one of those things. That's embarrassing. But I couldn't get too mad at myself because, you know, you know, fuck it. But <laughs> it was embarrassing for sure. I had to laugh it off, so I can't, you know, do nothing else but laugh it off. But like, yeah. it happened, you know, and the only person player it happened to. I was just thinking about the outcome, how I was trying to turn the crowd up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's look. You got all this free space. You got nothing but the basket in front of you. You got the ball. I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> I get it. Do you, uh, how, how much, like so much of what we talk about, we do the podcast two times a week, even when the season's not going on. And so much of we, of what we talk about is this crazy off season stuff, the, the, the trades and the contracts and all that kind of stuff. And this week is like really crazy for all of that. How much do you pay attention to a lot of that or no? Yeah, I pay attention. Yeah, I'll be, uh, I'll be peeping everything that be happening. Uh, you know, it's just the business. Yeah. It it seems uh it's just crazy to me to have so many people talking about like, I I don't I don't know what what it would be like if so many people were talking about like how much I should get paid or where I should be traded to. It's just it's it must be crazy to just watch it all happening, like watch almost your life happening on TV, you know? 
ain't experienced that yet. So <laughs> no, you will. Oh, you will. Hopefully, we don't trade you. We get yeah. We get a nice yeah. season of you being the the full time backup center and get you some big money so you can get into the championship. That's right. Yeah. Get a little championship. Maybe throw yeah. down some more dunks in transition. Maybe you point at the crowd saying like, "This time, I'm not going to miss this one." Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. one thing one thing you'll know you'll learn about Philadelphia when you guys win a championship is they are passionate. But if you win a championship here you can do no wrong forever. You're a hero in Philly forever. Um, and you, uh, we appreciate your time, you know, um, cause I, I know busy off season schedule. We appreciate your time and do know like, man, we had your back like all year, all season, and that, all season. Uh, we, not you, but we were calling the coach names. We were complaining. We, we were, were bullying doc all season yeah. long. Play Paul Reed. And yeah. he eventually like, you know, did it a little too late in my opinion but uh i'm glad you proved him right you proved us right um you play great in the playoffs it was it was huge to have a backup that uh for joel that was playing as well and obviously play great in the games that joel wasn't in there so we're big paul reed guys man i'm telling you thank you man i appreciate it i'm glad uh i was able to come on and talk with you guys Uh, and yeah for sure and anytime you need anything, you you're ever doing anything, you got your you got your uh, your merch drop or a charity thing, you let us know. We'll, we'll be there to promote it. Whatever you need, whatever you need, man. I got out the mud hoodies, you know. And oh, really? Got out the mud shirts already. Y'all can have the first first people on them. The the hoodies. I didn't see the hoodies on the website. When are they coming out? They already are. I just got. Huh? Uh, you gotta jump on the website. You know. ah, there you go. There it goes. Well, we'll put uh, and we'll put the link to buy all your stuff in the description of this podcast, so people can uh, people can get that link. Um, uh, you know what? I had you had a different T-shirt. I have it somewhere. The first T-shirt you had had like a a wolf on it. I think. Do you remember that one? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have that. Yeah, it was a black T-shirt uh, that had like a, a silver like wolf head on it. Like that one was awesome. That was great. I haven't seen that one. A bunch of different colorways. Ah, that's a cool one. All right, All right, man. Well, uh, good luck with the rest of the off season. We want at least uh, at least six more inches on the vertical, but yeah, uh, that's the minimum. Um, I'll take 40, but I want 50. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. All right, buddy. Thank you so Appreciate much. Appreciate you. All right. There he B-ball is. Paul. The B-ball. B-ball Paul. We'll have him back once he gets to those Tobias books. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was nervous about saying he didn't read the books because Tobias yeah, might have heard and he him. wouldn't want to make Tobias feel bad. I shouldn't have asked him about the books. Poor. But you poor know boy. what? It, you know what it reminds me of? The the Embiid interview was the first one of our podcasts that I felt like you had to watch to see his reaction because it doesn't always like if you just listen to it you don't see the grin when you ask him about stuff yeah yeah, yeah. and as soon as you ask him about the books we could see the <laughs> look on his face he definitely uh, hadn't read the books hadn't read the books I don't know gifting somebody books is you can uh, recommend weird. books but to like here take this I Unless got you this. A scholar or something, you know. Yeah. What, what, what he but he's gonna get to it. I believe he was really like, no, I'm gonna read him. I want to read him. I like reading. I want to read him. So he will. He will. Um, he didn't well, want to. He said nice things about Doc. I wanted 
Mm-hmm. I, not that he would have said anything bad about him, but uh, I wanted, you know, we were bullying Doc all season long, and he refused to listen, and eventually he did, and he didn't say my bad or those guys who wanted me to play b-ball Paul were, were right. He didn't say any of that. So if he does, if he apologizes, different story. It's fine. Until totally then, fine. Until then, I'm, I'm still upset at him. Well, and I give b-ball Paul a lot of credit for not... <laughs> not expressing any frustration whatsoever <laughs> on the pod. He, he showed I was a lot frustrated. of restraint there. I was frustrated during, uh, during that whole time. In the uh, description of this pod, we'll put a link to buy uh, B-Ball Paul's gear. Um, B-Ball and, Paul, uh, man. Best backup center of Embiid's career so far. Not even close, actually. Not even close. Because you could say Horford, but like they obviously didn't sign him to be the backup center. So I don't think it counts. Um. Free agency officially starts on Friday, yeah? I think, yeah. right? July 1st. So we should have a pod on Saturday, I think, if we're all available. And uh, maybe P.J. Tucker will be a sixer and they'll trade for Eric Gordon and it'll just be the players that Daryl's already heard of. Great. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Better already, players than we have. Not getting any new numbers. Daryl's just keeping it, keeping it 2017. Thank you, uh, Paul Reed. Um, thank you, James Harden, for leaving money on the proverbial table. And uh, uh, thank you f- to Seamus for filling in for me last me. week. So um, thank you me. to the boat guy. And uh, and that's all we got. Are you done with TTP? Yeah, you know. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I, 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 I